Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Hello, Clitorati. Welcome back to our season three series inspired by Christopher Ryan's New York Times bestselling book on how we mate, why we stray, and what it means for modern relationships. Sex at dawn. Today, we're going to discuss indigenous sexual practices. I mean, how different could they be from Western mating rituals, right? (laughs) As it turns out, very, very different from um, ritualistic rape of men to teenage love huts. So today, we are going to look at how modern-day tribal cultures get it on. So first, let's look at the infamous Yam Harvest Festival of the Trobriand Islands, also known as the Islands of Love. During the fest, groups of young women hide in the bushes, awaiting an attractive target from outside their own village. And then when they see one, they jump out to, this is how they put it, rape the man. And the joke is that if the men do not satisfy these surprise lovers, then the women will urinate on them and bite off their eyebrows. Now, say that you could participate in this festival. You were traveling to the Trobriand Islands and you were invited to take part in this ritual. Would you do it? I mean, it's like Oktoberfest, right? Like when people go to (laughs) Oktoberfest for a festival? This is insane. So, so like, it's, it, I know that it's for the fertility of their crops for that year. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine doing something like this. Wait a minute. Where is this exactly? The Trobriand Islands. Where the hell is that? You're really catching me off guard right oh. now, Lindsay. I have <laughs> we no Google idea like, where no, the Trobriand Islands. I'm trying, Islands. No, we did I'm trying to imagine this. It's in Papua <laughs> New Guinea. Okay. It's oh. in New Guinea. Oh, Papua New Guinea. Papua? Papua New Guinea. Okay. Interesting. I'm just trying to imagine this. It's like a historical practice that they do and they still every do it year. Today. And they still do it today where the chief or king or whatever it lets the women run wild to other villages to literally hide in the bushes, stalk men. And then, like, attack them and force them to have sex with them. And it's considered something that will, they're hiding in the bushes, and I believe it's near the fields. So it's considered, you know, a blessing for the crops to come. And then, if the guy can't get it up, they bite his eyebrow off. Well, if they don't (laughs) satisfy them, so that could be, be, you know, it could be not getting it up, it could be just not being a great lover. There's so much of this that can be left open to interpretation. <laughs> this yeah, this sounds like a Bible story. <laughs> like when Eve and I were doing research on this, there were stories about how men walk in packs to avoid getting, like they don't want to be alone because they don't want to be raped, raped well, by another pack of women. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, well, finally they get to feel what it's like. But then I'm like, really, nobody should ever have to experience that. But, you know, it, I could imagine that some 
some some women may find this really exciting, like revenge, you know. But in almost, and it's there's agreement. So it's like if there's consensus in a society, uh, and ultimately the attack. This is this is the subjective, the rape and the attack. You know, it's all ha- in quotations. It's all in quote. No quote. Uh. Right, because a woman, it's very, very difficult for a woman to successfully rape a man unless she's able to turn him on, even if it's against his will. And one could guess that most of these guys are bigger than the women also. So if they really wanted to, they could probably fight them off. I mean, right. I can imagine growing up as like a little girl in this tribe, right? And... Every year, like, my mom and all her friends, like, a girl's trip. We're going to go rape the men now. To go, you know, (laughs) bless the crops. And you just wait until you're that age to do that. I mean, here in America, of course, like, we're like, wow, that's really weird. Is it like a religious thing, kind of? It's to bless the crops. It's It's for the fertility. It's it's, it's a ritual. It's a ritual. Yeah. It sounds like a cultural and spiritual energetic of shenanigans. It's I mean, also the most taboo one that we could find. <laughs> where we were like, what? what? It's super fucking taboo. It's crazy though, because there is agreement. Yes. Right. So like, yes. somehow they're agreeing to this. Men are leaving their house in broad daylight. Women are hiding behind bushes. I mean, it's like a whole fiasco. It's like a game. Of agreement. Almost. It's like a game. It's like yeah. the, hung- it's like the sexual hunger, hunger game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Really that's, that's what we should call this episode. <laughs> yeah, the sexual seriously. hunger game. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just imagine if you're a man who's really horny, for instance— this could be your favorite time of year. Right. Like you might walk near the bushes on purpose. On your bicycle. You might even <laughs> you might even hide watching what women go behind what bushes and then plan your travels accordingly. It's you like know what I mean? Working now. It's probably a big fun game no, for a lot I'll of people. I'll never hear the 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 phrase like bush bush people like the same ever again. <laughs> bush well, tribe. And the other thing is that the this is actually a monogamous tribe. So, but during this festival, the married men and women can go off and have their own flings too. So it's also their hall pass. It's just a basically like an orgy out. It's like a ba- big music festival, but without music and like crops and then just like an orgy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's just like a music festival. <laughs> it's like on on the cheap, you know, just the sex. It, speaking of orgies, just, like some crazy shit in this chapter that for, like was amazing was Greece. They were like no less than five times a month there would be orgies. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's averaging more than once a week. Like, that's an awesome. It's like if you're really into sex parties in LA. Five orgies a month is a lot. Some weeks you do it twice. Well, imagine if, you, if you're somebody who likes to fuck every day. It's really not. It's right. just five out of 30. Like so it's just one Multiple six. people? Twi- I don't know. I mean, you just you have, have to pre-order. You always have like, to fuck multiple people in an orgy. Sometimes an orgy is just a side-by-side thing, and you only fuck one person. That's also considered an orgy. Isn't it like an orgy, like a pile of people? This is what I think of an orgy. It's a pile of people. (laughs) It's like a human caterpillar. You should come to the sex party this weekend. That's okay. I I got knocked up at my one and only one I went to. I'm pretty sure the one and only sex party that you went to, there was not a pile of people. People were coupled, tripled. On various beds and couches and things. I didn't really 
See, I guess, I guess, yeah. So that was the orgy. You were too busy fucking to that look around. Your, I was is too busy what you're crying saying. and then finding a secret place to fuck my husband. <laughs> but people totally, you said people totally watched you. Yeah, no. Once after we, so it wasn't because, that because I cried and then we found a hidden place and then we changed locations to where other people were. Right, because standing up was just exhausting. It was. That's what it was. <laughs> We got tired. We're like, we need to go find somewhere to lay down. It's not that we're exhibitionists. It's just that we get tired easy. <laughs> Haven't been working out enough. <laughs> it was a really difficult place to do it standing for, you know. I wish I would have went just to see Katie cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny looking back. Because it was like this guy was just standing out with his erect dick like swinging it around and it was like way too much for me I was like he was just like standing there <laughs> so strange <laughs> but speaking of this yam festival yes. when, when you brought up the guy with the hard dick just standing there um it made me conjure up this image based on reading this yam festival of some some local person from was it new guinea yeah, told someone that it's really kind of scary that time at that time, and that men don't walk alone alone on the streets. But if you're really horny as a dude, you could just walk around with your dick hard, like at the guest yeah. sex party, and you could get all the girls you want during the festival. Yeah, if I was like a 16 year old kid, I'd be like, "This is my favorite time of year." <laughs> I wonder Fantasy. if there's an age limit on the CM festival. It could be. It could be women of a certain age or men of a certain age. Who knows? It's like women 50 and older, men like 20 to 30. (laughs) (laughs) That's the perfect age range, I think. That's a match made in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's not a fact, people. I just made that up. No, we totally made that up. (laughs) Clit Talk is now on Patreon. Woohoo! If you're a fan of our show and get value out of our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. There are so many ways we would love to expand the Clit Talk Vampire, like hosting community events, creating inspirational videos, and who knows, maybe even someday go on tour. Patreon is a monthly subscription-based crowdfunding platform. In exchange for your support, we're going to offer you some super sexy VIP experiences. Like we promise you'll have an orgasm every day for the rest of your life. Um, no, sugar, we can't promise them that. But we can promise exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private Patreon-only discussion groups, live monthly calls with our cast, and then some. Go to our website, clittalkshow.com, for more information. Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awakened CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were in overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high.
According to Christopher Ryan, the Ache hunter-gatherer community in Paraguay believes that a fetus is made of accumulated semen, so in, in prehistoric human life. And if a woman were to stop having sex, when her period stopped, the fetus would stop developing. So children in this culture had four types of father. They're like a marriere, which is the father who put it in. Like <laughs> That's the one who put it in. This was the definition in the book. Right, I know. <laughs> so, and then there's the... Perorier, and that's the fathers who mixed it. Because they're like, you know, they want the funny guy and they want the strong guy and the smart guy, you know? So they they go, <laughs> they mix it. Seasoning. <laughs> it's a different seasoning. And then the mombroyer is those who spilled it out, whatever that means. I don't that means know. Those that means those are the ones that fuck the cream pie. Oh. But that is that different than the father who put it in? No, the the father who put it in is the first guy. Oh, the cream pie. I didn't understand that (laughs) reference, but you're saying that's when a woman's already been fucked and has come in her, and then you fuck her afterwards. It's called a cream pie? Did you just make that up? No, that's a real, that's That's, a term. That's not what a cream pie is. Technically, it's in the butthole usually, though. Cream pie is like cream pie sugar. Like what it looks like is on like your pussy literally looks like it's like covered in like that white, or like your butthole too, and it's like super white and it's creamy looking. Yeah, what's the white stuff? The cream pie. It's semen. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's semen or sometimes it's, it's your own um, woman yeah, your juice. Own woman. Female ejaculate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's <laughs> one more. The fourth one is the bucuare. Bucuare. I'm going to say bicuare. Oh, that sounds better. And those are the fathers. Those are the good, though. It does. It sounded really like hot. It's like bukaki. Because I speak ache. Eve's always got it. Just kidding, everyone. <laughs> I those... speak karache. <laughs> What's that? Is that? Is what that, is that? You like, speak the I'm city just saying dialect? crotch funny. Oh, uh, I thought it was karache. I thought it was the Venezuelan I speak dialect. karache. When you say it, karache is crotch. Yeah. But it also sounds like karachi, which I think is a city in Venezuela. It also kind of sounded like <laughs> <Right>? karate, <laughs> which is what I thought you were saying, strange. I was like, hmm. I mean, I speak karate. It's, no, who fucking says that? Literati, it's Shakespearean level wit here. Glad I to share speak karate and tite. And pines. And clitite. And kakite. What was the fourth one? Oh <laughs> Thanks, Tamiko. By quarry. And those are the fathers who provided the child's essence. Hmm. Hmm. Now that sounds like a whole lot of essence to me. A lot of essence. <laughs> it is a lot of essence. Going so, it really is. So the author goes on to say that far from being enraged at having his genetic legacy called into question, all these men who mixed this baby, um, a man in these societies is likely to feel grateful to the other men for pitching in to help create and then care for a stronger baby. So these guys who are putting it in are also helping care for it later. So do you think that it's possible that having sex with a variety of great men could contribute to your child's strength and essence? I think it can contribute to my strength and essence. Oh, yeah. And if I'm strong Mm. and full of essence, it will contribute to my child's strength and essence. I mean, if those, if all those men who are putting it in you are yeah. actually going to help, help you with after. my baby, yeah. I have some questions though. <laughs> okay. it's, Ask me. I'm the expert. Okay, break it down. There's four of them, right? 
Yeah, four different And that's things. like one after another, like on the same day? I have no idea. Oh, I'm, it's not exactly four. There's just four types. It could oh, okay. be 12 or 15 oh. or... It could be she could have a different sexual partner her entire pregnancy, like every week. Like the mamboare are those who spilled it out. So it doesn't so mean it it's... Be <laughs> many who spilled it out. It doesn't mean out. it's all together, like one after another. Like a gangbang? No. No, although well, that, does exist. that, that does exist. Exactly. Yeah, that does exist in that culture. But how are you mixing the sperm exactly if it's not like one after another? Because you've got a all, mixer. And- it's all going up in the mama. She's that, taking that it all That is what in. it means. Is like <laughs> as the baby's developing. Because they didn't have... This is like... But a long time ago, like they didn't have science, right? Mm-hmm. So as the baby's developing, the idea is that it would stop developing if she didn't keep feeding it new essence. I just have a correction. Right. This is not a long time ago. These are the Aceh people in Paraguay right now who oh, believe thank you. this. <laughs> so they don't have our science. They have their culture and their spirituality and their belief system. Right. And which started a long time ago. It did. It started a long time ago. Thank you. And I think that's one of the interesting things about, um, you know, speaking on, uh, like discussing any indigenous practices. The fascinating things about it are these people have been in this specific place for an incredibly long period of time. And I think as Americans, that's kind of an exotic concept. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like our native people, our own indigenous people, were most of them were moved away from where they were originally. So, um, and it's really sad, uh, but there's, you know, there's still a few communities in, in the United States that still live in the same place where they started out, but so many people were divorced from their original land. So it's just like a whole different kit and caboodle when you so get... So today, Christian Americans may call them heathens based on this. Probably. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For I mean, sure. This, there's probably missionaries that have, have these people on their <laughs> list of where they're going next. Wait, so I have a question for Katie. So having been as horny as you've been, right? Yeah. Like, can, as, can you kind of see the benefit I of this? I can totally this? see the benefit of this. Because I've heard from a lot of pregnant women that they get, I don't know, Tamika, were you more horny when you were pregnant? Oh, shit. I hate these questions because I can't remember last week. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking talking about 23 and almost 26 years ago. Ooh, I really don't recall. I just know I was hungry. (laughs) But I can can see from like a a psychological level and just a physical level having the the pregnant woman being taken care of like that. Yeah. And desired by so many different people. I don't know. I feel like it might have a psychological effect. I think if that was In a positive way of the culture that I lived in that it sounds like it would be a great thing. Yeah. Now, for me today to answer you, no, of course, I do not want, like, strange men coming in to have sex with me. What if they weren't strange, though? What if they were beautiful, great (laughs) men who were heroes in our society and who wanted to contribute to your essence. You're making a face. What about like Brad Pitt or yeah. Keanu Reeves? Or, what if you know, like George Clooney walked guys. in and was like, girl, Come let on. me give you my essence. <laughs> let and me then mix your, it for you. Your, your baby will carry my vibe through life. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be paying and taking care of things after? Yeah, yes. they'd all be helping you raise your baby. Yeah, I would actually probably strategically 
pick people. If they were all celebrity Rico Suave I mean, men who are also going to pay for this child's education. This is the I'd have point so, proving that thesis have, of sex at dawn right now. When the women choose mates based on security. Oh, men being able to provide a proofing. Christopher Ryan, your evidence makes sense now. No, if I, if I could choose mine, so I'd have like the chef, right? The guy who likes to go on trips. The wealthy guy that's going to take care of everybody. The musical guy that's going to sing to me. And like just the super hot six-pack abs guy. Like that, I'm set. There's my top five. Yay. Done and done. <laughs> I I was told as, as a um, 20-something by this kind of older woman that I thought of as very wise to be very careful about who I chose to have sex with because I would be forever, my energy would forever be entwined with their energy. Mm. And when she said it, it just, I don't know why, it really resonated with me because I remember having sex with people that I really shouldn't have been having sex with. And the way I felt afterwards was empty and bad. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so it's interesting to consider, okay, so if their energy is forever entwined with us, theoretically, then it would make sense that when they're putting their phallus inside us over and over again and then shooting their energetic cosmic goo up into us that it would actually impact the baby too not just us mm-hmm. sure cosmic goo, cosmic goo Tamiko. absolutely I don't know I just like have people come on my body every time every time oh. yeah. no one's ever come inside you ever no me and Eve have had a lot of debates about this but I actually am not um, on the pill and uh, oh you use yeah. the pull and pray method yeah or condoms oh that's better I guess that's a better so. method but that's not shooting inside of me, but mostly not condoms. Living on the edge, sugar. You know what they pe- call people that use the pull and pray method, right? I don't know. I'm future, doing it. Future parents. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call pull, that's the pull and pray. They call the, that future parents. Yeah. That's what they call them. Future parents. <laughs> My brother totally thought he was sterile because he said, I've never gotten a woman pregnant before. And then he realized he wasn't sterile when he did get a woman pregnant. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard men say to me, oh, yeah, my pullout game is strong, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. When I was in I'm high like, school, mm-hmm. I used to believe stuff like that. But a lot of people luckily, do. I was Maybe in lucky. this society, they say, girl, my essence game is strong. Right? <laughs> I've only had sex without a condom twice in my entire life. Wow. I've also been pregnant exactly twice. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're like this, super fertile. This is part of me and Eve's debate. Yeah. This is her biggest case. Well, That's she's why got a pretty, to say after. pretty good argument. Yeah, the first one was just the tip, just playing around, just the tip. And then we still put a condom on after that first few minutes, and I was pregnant. Oh, my God. The second one— Fertile Myrtle. Yeah, I'm Fertile Myrtle. The second one was my boyfriend telling me that you can't get pregnant right after your period because that's what a doctor told him. And then I said, okay, well, I just finished my period. Let's do it. And then we fucked, and it was great, and it felt amazing. And then he came inside me, and I was like, that is Russian roulette. I mean, there are endless examples of fascinating mating rituals around the world. In the Krung community in Cambodia, the parents build a maiden hut for their teenage daughters. And boys from 13 to 20-something play love songs outside the daughter's hut. And she can invite whoever she wants inside for sex and eventually mates for life with the one that she likes 
best. I think that one's really cute. It's way better than dating apps. Amazing. For sure. In rural Austria, young women do a ritual dance with apple slices lodged in their (laughs) armpits. And after the dance, each gives her slice to the man of her choice. And if he likes her, he'll take a bite. Mm. So now I like if, your stank. <laughs> Pheromones. Pheromones. <laughs> now, the question is, if the pussy posse sitting right here were studied by one of these remote indigenous cultures, what do you think would stand out to them about our mating rituals? I think they would think monogamy is crazy. They'd be like, what? You only fuck one person? That's crazy. What about your baby? It needs more essence. (laughs) (laughs) Your baby needs more essence. You're You're you're, robbing your child. Maybe they even think masturbation's weird. I don't know. I don't know. But like, do people, like, in these cultures, do they masturbate? Well, I don't know about those cultures, but it's like, if we were studied by them, I think some of the weird things that might stick out are, so, in America... People use an electronic device in which they are presented with hundreds of faces of different possible people they could make love with. (laughs) They then swipe, they move the screen to the right or the left. Uh, (laughs) Then they then set up a moment where they drink a caffeinated beverage together or maybe an alcoholic beverage. And they decide if they would like to have a meal together at another time. You know what I mean? I mean it it's just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the the idea of sex parties, they'd be like, you have to go to a party to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or that might seem like something that they'd be used to. That's right? the most like, normal thing you guys do. Like, oh, you know, the sex party route, but this <laughs> application here, I don't really know about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Or like women like waiting to have babies like older. You know, a lot of women, I think, you know, waiting. Like, why would you wait? Why would you wait? What are you waiting for? What do you, yeah, what are you waiting for? And like the concept of like freezing your eggs or anything, they'd be like, that is insane. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what's natural in one place is totally unnatural in another place. Mm-hmm. No, that's all it is, but it's all the same. We're all human. It's all sexuality. I find that it's really interesting, this concept of essence and mixing, only because I met a particular gentleman from an electronic device that I had swiped right on. (laughs) And um, he was saying to me that he was interested in something called cuckold, which I was unfamiliar with at the time. But I was so interested, and I did my own research, and I decided to go on a date with him because I wanted to understand what it really meant to him and what his experience was and why it was important. And I wanted to do it face-to-face. It's a much better conversation than over messaging or texting or even on the phone, I think, right, to be face-to-face. Yeah, definitely. So he did explain to me at one point that when he came in a woman that had just been with another man that had his come inside her, it was the most exhilarating orgasm he's ever had. And he says he's not sure why, but it might be a biological thing, he thought. Mm, That uh, almost like a competition of whose is more powerful and to be in that race. So I don't know, you know, maybe he's like following his 
kind of communal, Mm -hmm. biological past life. Maybe Mm -hmm. he lived in one of those communities. Mm -hmm. And that's that's his thing. But we call it cuckold here. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it has a terrible connotation and it's considered really taboo and kind of from porn culture. But everybody has their own thing. And if we're living lifetime after lifetime, because what Eve said about the woman who told her that anyone that you have sex with, you have their energy throughout your life. Well, if we have lived, some people believe lifetime after lifetime, I got a shit ton of energy (laughs) (laughs) just in this lifetime. I can't imagine. So ultimately, we're probably all connected anyway, whether we've had sex or not. But I just thought that dude was so interesting that he loved coming in a woman who already had some other man's come inside her. I bet that is like a biological thing, though, honestly. It seems about right. I feel like there are male listeners out there right now who are getting inspired. Like, (laughs) oh, I never thought that seemed like a good idea. But wait, if that is the most exhilarating feeling ever, maybe I should have a clit talk cuckold festival. (laughs) Or or at least a hashtag. Yeah, (laughs) hashtag cuckold. Hashtag clit talk cuckold. (laughs) Or hashtag sexy seconds. Sexy seconds. Yes. Oh my yes. God. My research didn't stop there because I met one other gentleman. And what he wanted to do was he wanted to eat me out while I was getting ready and then drive me to a date with another man, have sex with that man, and then come back and have sex with him. Did you do it? No, you know, I realized after researching it and and speaking with these men, and these weren't, these were educated men. They had good jobs. They were older for me, as far as, you know, my age range. And um, they were, seemed to be nice men. And their thing was, you know, allowing a woman to have that much freedom brings out a different level of intimacy that they receive from the woman. That was another, but it wasn't for me. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> Eve's mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> well, that episode was dope. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.